Hello, everyone. Welcome back to OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. In the past century, fashion has narrowed its gaze more and more onto the independent young woman, displaying clothing on models and setting a scene of self-reliance. Alternative fashion reflects that with popular images on social media without any presence of family. What's not shown in these images is that many of these J fashion members who joined the community 10 plus years ago are growing into a stage of parenthood. Even within the general fashion world, motherhood is not seen as cutting edge and therefore isn't displayed in magazine vignettes. Today, we'll be talking to Christina, aka Cybergirl, to pull back the camera frame and show the people off to the side and discuss how parents can still be active participants within the J Fashion community. But before we get into that, let's get into some news and updates. Let's just eat that frog and address the, <laughs> you know, gorilla, I guess, in the room. The past month or so has been tumultuous in the Western J fashion community, particularly for the Lolita community. We won't rehash all the details for hopes of not triggering more pain for black and brown Lolitas slash J fashion participants, but two Lolita YouTubers, one of which we've interviewed in the past, has seriously hurt the Lolita community. One with their ignorance and the other with their lack of respect for black and brown voices of dissent. In light of these issues and the awesomeness that is Black History Month, we want to let our listeners know that we remain committed to being a space for diverse voices and creators within the community. Like, come on, I'm not going to let us, like, back down on that. So, (laughs) you know, um, this month... We will be posting our very first blog entry, and this will be a list of all the episodes featuring Black guests. I know that we've spoken about these episodes before, maybe earlier in uh, last year, but we have since interviewed more guests, and so I think it deserves a proper blog post where people can easily access this list. These guests include Jordana, creator of Moss Badger, Reina, leader of Blackout Garusa, Callie, owner of Otaku Apparel, and Shum, professional model and founder of The Calm Magazine. There are many notable Black creators in this space that we've interviewed and many more that we plan to reach out to this year. And on a positive note... Also on our website, we have a resource page and within that resource page, we are going to be making a section that is specifically dedicated to black indigenous people of color. And that is going to have different influencers that you can follow, blogs that are ran by black indigenous people of color and just where anyone who wants to find those people to follow to watch their content can. Yeah, exactly. I mean, after like everyone that we've interviewed, just having a place where we can find their links, you know, easily after listening to an episode and maybe like, oh, I didn't remember what that website was or I didn't catch it. You can see those things there as well. And now some other things that are going on. Garnet Gateau is happening right now. If you are listening to this, it is either past or do it's doing it right now. It's, it's happening. Go. We are going to be hosting two panels on Friday night, 
one after another. So if you want two straight hours of me and Kamila, go now, run, because uh, <laughs> it's going to be like 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, I think. Yeah, and the second one is going to be at 11.15 p.m. By the time this airs, it'll probably be, what, Saturday? Or are we putting this out a little early? Oh, crap, it will be Saturday. Rough. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be at the uh, J Fashion Round Table, um, a part of that panel, and that's going to be at 4 p.m. on Saturday Central Standard Time. So if you haven't already gotten involved with Garnet Gateau or Bay Area K's online J fashion events, go and do it. It's going to be great. If you missed our panel, that is totally okay. It's going to be saved on Twitch and YouTube, so you can still watch it later on. Our first panel is going to be about creating out-of-the-box J fashion media. Then our second one is going to be about how to be a J fashion lifestyler, you know, challenging the archetypes. <laughs> so if you want to listen to those, go and follow Bay Area K, get all the links, you know what to do. Oh, and right now we're recording our like opener recording process by video, you know, you're going to see us. <laughs> Hayden's giving us some moves. <laughs> I've always wanted to be a cam boy. <laughs> um, yeah, so we thought we'd um, dress up a little bit. I kind of went, I don't know, my decor self, it just snowballed into like, because I was just like, oh, okay, I'm going to wear this shirt and I'm going to wear a hat and it's going to be like two bows. And then it turned into like, well, maybe I'll add three more bows like for like my bangs. And then it was just like, oh, well, I still have some more tiny ones. I can just put them all around. And then I was just like, I'm going to put on this like necklace. Like this necklace always goes with the shirt. And then I was like, oh, but I got this new choker. I should try to put that on too. Does that go? And <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, let me just grab these bracelets. They're already together. And then now I'm like, you know, um pastel decor decoed out yeah. yeah decoed out vibes going on right now um no makeup just like lip and gloss. i got on the camera and i was wearing the wrong shirt and i was like i saw kamila and i was like <laughs> we're doing that oh shit <laughs> <laughs> quickly changes it was your idea though <laughs> i know i know your shirt is making me think of have you seen um, seen that show, Rocco's Modern Life? Yes, of course. Rocco's Modern Life. I actually, both of these shirts I got in Japan. So this is like oh, so cool. my, my getup. My in Japan getup. Yeah, making me think of Rocco. <laughs> <laughs> Fairy K Rocco, oh yeah. my god. Very 90s, very 90s. <laughs> but yeah, like the biggest reason why we are recording our opener now, like for video, is because we want to be more active on social media for OK Podcast and just like get more community engagement. So this is gonna be on TikTok and Instagram Reels. I don't like saying TikTok. Like it just, <laughs> I know cringe culture is dead, but it's just like TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a millennial. We're old. TikTok. Because <laughs> I remember when TikTok was like the karaoke app five, six years ago. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it was like, what the hell are people doing? This is weird. And now it's like completely different. 
and it's still just like I'm very intrepid about it. Yeah, I mean, you just made um, an account there. I did. I'm using it mainly to do my um, ooh, wardrobe tour. That's what it's called. And I, I may do more on it, but it was really just an easy way to cut my wardrobe tour into chunks and not have to like do the whole thing all at once and like edit the whole thing all at once. So we'll see. I'm going to try to do some more, but I don't really know what. Uh, we also want to say thank you to everyone because we have a thousand plus likes on our Facebook page and a thousand plus followers on our Instagram page, which is an amazing achievement. Thank you so much for supporting us on there, for sharing our posts. And if you want to do one more thing for us, or maybe a couple more things for us, I would love if everyone went to our website and joined our newsletter. I want to start yes. making newsletters because like we have that feature, but no one subscribes. So like we can't use it yet. Yeah, we'd love to like if you need reminders of when our episodes go up or something like, oh, hey, here's an email that's just saying like, hey, new episode is up, like listen to it on your favorite podcatcher or whatever, or any like events like like, hey, we're going to be doing this Garnet Coteau. Here's some, like, reminder about that and what times or links or whatever you need. If we have any blog posts, that's when we will inform you of them. They will go on that newsletter. And yeah, it'll just be like a nice little check-in of like, hello, we're still here. Goodbye. We're not going to bombard you with anything and it's not going to be like 50% off with code. Yeah. 50% like. off what? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so thank you so much uh, from the bottom of our hearts. It has been a fun time. It has been a wild time, especially over the past year. So thank you for sticking with us through it and for continuing to be with us along the way. And keeping on this social media tip, we did something different on our Instagram by doing a little like Q&A sort of deal. We asked our followers to give us some of their New Year's intentions for like their J fashion style or what they're going to be working on. We wanted to read out like some of these really awesome answers that we got in response. So... One of them was from Instagram Silly Sticker says, to improve my art and continue curating my wardrobe, which is a noble goal. It is ongoing. <laughs> <laughs> Never end, but I like wish you the best of luck on that. It's certainly, uh, yeah, like you said, it's ongoing. I don't think there's like ever, like it's never going to stop happening. So <laughs> keep going. Right. Especially when you're really um, obsessed with like J fashion and everything like that, because that's like your, your collection. When you're not really too concerned with it, you could probably be like, all right, this is my wardrobe and that's, that's it. But we wish you all the luck on that. Instagram user Marina K and they're saying buy more accessories. I feel sometimes my cords are too plain and I want to make it more fun. Oh yeah, relatable. Definitely. 
as someone who toes the line into decora, yes. What I feel is underrated and what I very much, what's the word, admire Lolita's for is the wrist wear. Bracelets (laughs) are underrated. I just forget about bracelets all the time. I, now I have a pair of wrist cuffs and I'm like, I need more bracelets. (laughs) Yeah, like I have bracelets, but I always just wear like the same like five or six. So I'm just all like, oh, okay. Like I need to keep collecting bracelets as much as I'm collecting like hair clips. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Cause like you only have one neck. And you can put, like, maximum of, like, three necklaces on one neck. Yeah. But you got two yeah. wrists. Yeah. And they can fit a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can go full candy raver and just have this, like, clump on your wrist, which, uh, <laughs> to me, looks like a weapon. <laughs> like, man, imagine the clothesline on that. Like, bam. Like, oh, man. New wrestling character, need that. <laughs> uh, I can imagine, like, the imprints on the forehead of all the beads. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm putting this in the comic. All right. <laughs> Next Instagram follower, tweet underscore my, says, photograph my outfits more often. Maybe use them as inspo for drawings. That's an interesting idea. I never thought of, like, wearing something and then being like, I'm going to draw this outfit that I like wore. I do know Decora Demon, they really like to draw out their outfit ideas before like committing to the outfit. That's definitely something that people do. I get drawing outfits and cords because I do it all the time. I could never draw them beforehand because I don't always think about fit when I'm like making a cord. Like one time I wanted to pair a skirt with a t-shirt and I didn't realize like how tall I would have to be to be able to make it work out the way I wanted to work. Like I would have to wear the skirt like under my butt to be able to show the full t-shirt. I I want to do that, but, like, things just fit differently on the body. I admire that Decora Demon can do that because that is a feat. That is a feat to to be able to do accurately. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know what I want to do, but sometimes I think of, like, oh, I should take pictures of, like, my daily outfits that are not the ones that I'm super dressed up for. Because sometimes I'm just like, oh, yeah, this was cute, but... It's before I'm going somewhere. It's before like, oh, I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to go to the post office. And I'm just like, well, I don't have time to like do like a whole photo shoot of this. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's something I could put in a story or something like that instead of like a main feed post. Then it would be a more accurate view of what I wear day to day and what I wear on more higher energy days or something. Our friend Jade from Jaded Island says that she wants to get published, which mood, don't Mm -hmm. we all? All the, well, I say don't Don't we we all. all. I mean, (laughs) like, Kamila and I both enjoy writing and creating. I'm sure there are some people who don't want to, but I relate. I get it. And I hope that publication comes your way because you freaking deserve it, Jade. Holy shit. Yeah. Either to be published or to publish your own thing or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I think something needs to happen. 
She also says to try her first Lolita chord, but she's a bit leery of it. I get it. It could be a bit of a step when you don't buy like a whole set. I don't have a blouse. I still don't have a petticoat. Do I give a shit? No. (laughs) (laughs) Jade, I know you can do it and you're going to pull it off and it's going to be amazing. Our friend Angel Face says, buying better quality clothing in all areas of my life, which kind of goes back to the curating a wardrobe better, which I totally get. Sometimes we just see a thing and we're like, I need that. And we don't think about how long it'll last or what it can go with. We just jump the gun. So I totally understand that. Totally get that. Facebook ads have been like kind of trying to kick my ass. Um, They've been good recently. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, no, no. (laughs) I just save the links inside of a Pinterest board so that I don't buy it. It makes me feel like I did something like, yeah. Whenever you want to go back to that website and see what cool stuff it has, you can go back. And then guess what? I have not gone back because there's no point in time where I'd be like, I have just all this money. Let me just like look through my Instagram lists of things. I'm just buying what I need. Yeah, so it's been a good plan to help me not buy things. It it satisfies that like scratching something off of your to-do list kind of feeling. It still kind of like gets that itch, but you don't spend the money. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. It's just like, I'm just trying to window shop because it's like so many things and it'll be like, oh man, I always wanted to have shoes that really go with the 60s mod deal and I'm just like is that like your priority right now to complete the 60s outfit or <laughs> is it something else that's why I've I've started to make a wish list album on Facebook just so like I can have everything that I really want in that Facebook album and when I do have money it's like okay I have some spending money what in this album can I afford and what do I want right now yeah you do so good at that you're all like okay my next purchase is going to be this dress that's the next thing on this goal list and I'm just like wow I look at everything and I'm like I have no I don't know how to prioritize this <laughs> I I don't know if I know how to prioritize it super well. I think I just mainly look at like what I'm able to afford, you know? Okay. And like what is going to scratch that itch at that time when I was employed and I had a stable paycheck. (laughs) I would buy myself a little gift like once a month. So once a month it was like, okay, I am getting this blouse or I'm getting this petticoat or I'm getting this dress that I've wanted for a while. I never felt the need to jump the gun and buy something out of impulse because I was getting something every so often and I knew, oh, if I just wait, I'll be able to get something better. Learning how to get those higher quality items in a way that works for you. It's a learning curve and it's it can take some time to feel out. Right, or even like just to learn what you'll actually use. Like sometimes you, you think in your head like, yeah, I would use it during these times and then you get the thing, you try to use it during the times and then it's just like, oh, this actually isn't working out. All right, I'm not gonna invest more money into items that are like this anymore. And then Instagram user Cinemum Cinnamon. Oh, Cinnamon. Cinnamon <laughs> Macaron says, feel satisfied with my wardrobe, which again, I totally relate. I don't know if I'll ever feel 
completed with my J Fashion wardrobe just because it's a growing collection. It is my stamps. It is my seashells. It is what I, it is my dragon horde and it is what I must accumulate. (laughs) I'm trying to do this thing of like, not buy any apparel for the first like three months of the new year. I've definitely caved. Oh no. Like, <laughs> once. <laughs> what was it? There were these like really awesome knee high go-go boot shoes. They're like pearlescent lilac. And then they've got like a little chain a little charm chain around the ankle part. And I just thought like, man, this is my Garu like tall knee high boot thing. Like I'm just like, that's the boots. That's what they be wearing. And I need to be wearing that. So <laughs> yeah, so I was just like, okay, I really want those. And it was like, it's by like a smaller, like a boutique brand. So I don't know how long they will have these shoes so I'm just like, okay, um, I'm going to get these shoes and then that's it. That's it. I'm not getting any more things. Cut it off. Cut <laughs> it off. So I was just all like, yes, no apparel. I haven't bought any like, there's been some bracelets and stuff on Etsy that have passed me by. I'm just like. <laughs> that's not apparel. <laughs> I mean, it's not apparel, but it's still like apparel accessories like. You're doing the right thing. Don't let me try to tempt you. (laughs) (laughs) But then like I got some really cool eyelashes by Candy Couture. I think they have like the clothing brand and then they have the cosmetics part. But I, I always know them by their clothing brand, Candy Couture. Candy Rock Couture. That's a woman of color owned brand. And I've always meant to buy from them, but I never had for like years. What they had were colored eyelashes there's like pink eyelashes and then there's like blue and purple and i'm just like that's like super cool i've never seen lashes like that so i was like i'm gonna get these and some of them were like sold out and i'm just like no i gotta get it now (laughs) so (laughs) so yeah so that was like those were like the two things but if i hadn't have made that promise i think i would have bought a lot more things the only reason why I haven't been buying is because no income right now. So I'm just like, yeah, I, I yeah, can't, exactly. I can't afford anything. Can't only groceries. I, I'm thankful because I'm not spending as much, but I'm also stressed. <laughs> I, I'm doing what I need to live. And that's what's important. <laughs> so Instagram user XX underscore Casris underscore xx says to buy a damn petticoat mood yeah it's gonna feel so good when you put the petticoat underneath whatever dress you're trying to pull off it's like you know it goes under everything and it's like yeah it gives you that shape but like you get to see the blouse right you get to see the dress do i really need a petticoat when i want the dress like (laughs) right yeah that's true (laughs) it just always like goes under the radar and i i just always put it on the bottom of the list it's like i can buy a petticoat whenever this dress is only out for a limited time right (laughs) (laughs) i get it but you know casters you and i that's gonna that will be our first purchase of the year petticoat 
we'll shake on it. <laughs> and then next Instagram user, Barry underscore syndrome says, I want to get more money so I can get back into fashion. I think that's where you're at, Hayden. Yeah. It's a big mood. I'm doing the job hunts. I'm searching all the time. Yeah, so we'll get yeah. there. You're doing interviews. You're like, you're putting yourself out there. I'm just like trying to be like, I am diverting money that I always put into apparel into household goods and savings. Which is more important than fashion at times. So you are you are doing the responsible thing. Yeah, exactly. And then next Instagram user, this will be like our last intentions here. Grandma Gabs says to buy some more accessories and make clothing I like. Yes, DIY. Get back into the DIY. I have so many unfinished projects. It's ridiculous. There's so freaking many that I just need to finish. Yeah, I really want to make some um, weapon props for myself. Every time I've made one, I've pretty much sold it. And I'm just like, I don't even have one. (laughs) How is this? So I definitely want to make something like a pirate-themed weapon, like one of those pirate guns or swords or something. I want to do a mini bat for myself as well. So it'll just be like, I have some things for my outfits. So this would be like a project, but I had an idea and I'm probably going to draw it now. But now I'm thinking of you wearing stuff for Princess Ahoy, sitting on a decoed out cannon oh that would be so like a mini cannon yeah that'd be so cool i wonder if there's like a toy mini cannon or something (laughs) we'll find it we'll 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 look into it and it'll happen (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly i gotta get some more props for princess ahoy she's like too cool yeah these have been some awesome intentions i hope all of y'all get what you want I hope you all pull through on those intentions or like you're at least able to like morph them into something that's more productive if you end up not making it all the way. Thank you for sending them in. It was really fun to read and see everyone's input on them. I think this may be something that we do like every so often as well, just because I love hearing from you guys and it's fun to get that feedback from everyone. Yeah, it was awesome. I was like delightfully surprised when I'm like, oh, people are saying things. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't just yell into a void. Woo. (laughs) It feel like that sometimes, but I think (laughs) we're finally chugging along and everyone's like, Hello! We like what you do! Hi, we're here! Yeah! (laughs) And then last on our list, now don't fret. When I say this, everyone's gonna freak out, but it's okay. Things are gonna be okay. But Kuroshiro Kawaii has made a GoFundMe to keep their doors open. And I say it's okay because they have surpassed their goal, but it doesn't say that on the GoFundMe. On GoFundMe, it says that they're like halfway to the goal. But someone on PayPal sent them a really generous donation. They are uh, a little under $6,000 goal, but their GoFundMe is still open. So if you want to help Kuroshiro Kawaii keep their physical doors open through the pandemic, go over to their GoFundMe and donate because... 
we need more physical stores. We all know how it goes. Like they're open for a bit and then they close and then another one pops up and then they close. If we want a store that is going to like become a staple or a landmark, we're gonna have to put our money where our mouth is for a bit and help out. Yeah, and during this pandemic, it's not really much they can do to get more people in the doors. It just can't really happen right now. So yeah, definitely make orders there. I sell my items there and I'm going to be trying to send some more things over there um, that are not on my website any longer. So yeah, so this would be, you know, a really good time to make orders. And with that, we just want to remind everyone about all of the social media that we have because we are going to be more active on it. So follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Those are going to be the three main places that we are active as a podcast. We haven't asked this in a really long time. Give us a review on iTunes. Like that would be amazing. And I love to see what people have to say. And it helps us with ratings and being seen by more people. If you want to support us monetarily, but you can't do a monthly thing, we do now have a coffee account. So you can just like shoot us five bucks once. That is always open. That is on our website and subscribe to our newsletter on our website. That is another thing that you just like type in your email once you're done and you'll see us every so often and we'll come to you. And with that, let's get on to our Patreon commercial. Take a break. Go get some water get a snack to listen to the interview. Hey y'all, it's Hayden. It's Kamila. We've talked a bit about how OK Podcast is a labor of love for us. Yes. Neither of us get paid to create this content and we make it because it's important and we love to do it. Yeah, doing this podcast does take a lot of time and a bit of money though. Because of that, we would like to tell you about our Patreon. If you become a monthly Patreon at any level, you'll get to contribute questions to our monthly guests. And if you donate at the $3 a month level, you'll gain access to our bonus patron content, which has special interviews with our guests. Like what it's like to be in a Garusa, switching styles, and tips on modeling in Japan. There's absolutely no obligation to become a patron whatsoever, but we would greatly appreciate it. So thank you so much. And now back to the show. Woo! And welcome back. Today we are interviewing Christina, AKA Cyber Girl or the Rainbow Lady. Christina is a Filipino fashion designer, YouTuber, streamer, and mom based in Arizona. Through her content and her fashion line, Candy Trap, she aims to share as much knowledge as possible about J fashion and inspire others to live and dress as colorfully as they want to. Hi, Christina. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing swell. <laughs> swell, I like that. I like that too. How are y'all? How is your day going? It's going really good. Good for a Monday. I got my first Taobao order and that was so much fun. Oh, yeah. I saw on Twitter you were posting a thread about it. Yes, and I was like, oh, I was freaking out the entire time. So it's been, it's been a wonderful day. Whenever you get a package, it's a good day. Yeah, yeah, it's a mini Christmas. (laughs) So the first question that we have for you is, how did you first discover J Fashion? What was that first piece of media that you saw and was like, whoa, what is that? I first discovered J Fashion through Fruits Magazine, 
And for those who you know might not know what Fruits Magazine is, it is a very uh, iconic magazine by I think their name is Shoichi Aoki. If I'm not mistaken, I hope I pronounced that right. They are a photographer who would take street snaps of kids in Harajuku back in the uh, 90s, early 2000s, and still to this day. There was a little bit of a hiatus around the later years, but there are plans for Fruits Magazine to return. I, I mean, from what I've heard and seen on Fruits Magazine's own Instagram and whatnot, so that's exciting, but... I basically found my first Fruits magazine in elementary school. So after school, I would go to either the library or I would go to this local bookstore near my house. And I would just go there every day to read through all the manga that was there. The manga publisher, I think, was called Manga Pop or something. Whenever I would see that Manga Pop, I was like, oh, that's cute. Like, And then just flip through for hours. And thankfully, the shopkeepers weren't like, hey, get get out of here. Scram, you, you little rat or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they were, they were really cool about letting me hang out and just like read. And I, yeah, I'm really grateful for that because it just made me grow up with this love of reading. But that, that's another story. Um, but yeah, that's basically in that manga section. I found Fruits Magazine and it just it changed my whole life fruits magazine and as i grew up i would continue searching for all those fruit uh sneak uh, sneak snaps <laughs> street snaps <laughs> all those street snaps from fruits magazine and then from their uh tokyo fashion and uh, i think japanese streets is another website that was uh, very active in like the 2010s i think Oh, and especially Tumblr. That's another. I was very, very into Tumblr. And I had like this side blog that was primarily for reblogging, J fashion, and just like fashion in general. I, yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of how I discovered it. It was just purely coincident, uh, accidental, coincidental, something like that. Yeah, I remember the most scary, the scariest thing in bookstores, like I would go to Barnes and Noble and sit in the manga section and they'd come over and I'm like, oh God, they're going to kick me out. And they'd just be like, hey, can you like go sit in one of the chairs? <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Man, you got to shout out to those like tolerant bookkeepers because like yeah man i would sit in this mall bookstore called like b dalton i would always go to up to the counter being like hey you guys don't have this manga here could you order it in so then i can like buy it later and so one time i ordered this this manga it was called diablo low and apparently there was another book that was called that that wasn't a manga. It was like totally occult stuff. And oh gosh. Yeah. And so my <laughs> my dad and stepmom went to go and like pick up and pay for this book while I searched the manga section or something for more things to get. 
And so I come up and I see him having a conversation with my parents. Oh, no. And he was defending my choice of getting this occult. Oh, my God. Fuck. He was like, he was like, just like, well, you know, it doesn't mean this. It could, like, it's a fun exploration of these things. And. Oh, that is so sweet. And then I looked at, I was like, oh, this isn't actually the book, but. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Thank you for uh. making it so that they wouldn't, <laughs> they, I wouldn't get in trouble or something. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is so sweet. Yeah. So just like, <laughs> like, I just love local bookstores for that sort of, those sorts of interactions like um yeah i go to the store in, in oak park that's an independent bookstore and oh i think i know exactly what bookstore you're talking about oh okay cool yeah it's the book table and um yeah i just love talking to the uh the staff there, I know um, one of them by name, B. They are so cool. And um, yeah, I can like come up to them and be like, hey, I'm looking for a trans book for a child. Aww. And they're just like, oh, I know some books. And <laughs> yes, I love the book table. I used to go there to stay warm when I was canvassing like three, oh, four yeah. years ago. And uh-huh. we would just like sit during our lunch breaks and they were totally chill with us just like getting warm in the freezing cold winter months. They're so kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're such kind people. So yeah, support local bookstores. Yeah, <laughs> shout out local bookstores. Complete tangent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, complete tangent. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to what we're supposed to be talking about. Um, <laughs> um, so with you, you know, starting with the fruits magazines and Tumblr and Tokyo fashion. How would you currently describe your J fashion style? So right now, I would I would say, you know, like my main style would be decora fashion. Uh, but I try to put my own little twist to it because I don't want to like wear like the same kind of look like all the time. So I'm always trying to experiment with uh, mixing in different styles in my decora fashion. You know, some days it could be like an all pink decora look or an all rainbow kind of look so uh you know it's always changing all the time i try to be as creative as i can with the style and with yeah just j fashion in general and this year yeah, true to yourself not to the label yeah yeah so the other day i got this like long-winded comment from i i'm not sure if they were subscribed to my youtube channel or something but uh it was just super long this whole paragraph of somebody commenting on i think it was like i think my dollar store decora video and they were like oh this is a very interesting video but i'm not sure if i would call it decora because it's not like super excessively accessorized and like all these different points of why it's not decora and they kind (laughs) of They kind of ticked me off. There's not one specific way 
to where to Korra. The, I mean, like the main point of it is to just accessorize yourself from head to toe. And from there, you know, the possibilities are endless. There's not, you don't have to just wear 6% Doki Doki if you want to wear decora you don't have to uh, have a tutu skirt or you know wear old school decora that's like pink and red you know there the the thing with j fashion is it's constantly changing all the time especially now it's so much more different from how it was back in the early 90s uh, early 90s the early 2000s different from back in the 2010s so you know the styles and uh just newer styles will always be changing and evolving as with all the people who are in the community so um hold up wait what was the question again? <laughs> i don't know how i got here yeah but... yeah yeah you totally i think it might have been me being all like you dress to um be true to yourself and um instead of upholding this label but yeah like i i totally get what you're saying it's kind of weird like this is rare to have another decora person <laughs> on <laughs> the podcast because it's usually maybe like fairy k lolita maybe even more like goth punky styles or something like that but yeah i i totally feel you because i'm surprised someone hasn't like i guess called me out for it but i i've called myself out as like oh i don't wear that many like accessories i am wearing more accessories than i guess the average person would wear or maybe like lolita would wear or sometimes even fairy k or something like that but i decided that that was okay <laughs> you know and i don't need to push myself to accessorize as much as say like there's like Mahal Prince, they're more like, oh, okay, cover every inch of like my hair with the accessories. And like, I used to kind of like as aspire to that of just like, yeah, and it's just like so much stuff. Decora monster. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you don't have to be that way. Even like looking at older pictures, I'm just like, well, there was like varying degrees of how many accessories was going on. So yeah. just because the extreme got passed around more of just like yeah look at this extreme thing but that doesn't mean that you know that was the 90 percent of decor participants were were um at that level of decor mm, decoration yeah. so there's like I varying think. levels of decor you can be as casual as you want to or just go completely all out you know it's not just like a one set exact way that you have to wear it you know i like i get questions from people like oh like you know i get overstimulated very easily is it okay if i just wear a few accessories you know that's totally understandable you know make it your own style you know don't keep yourself in a box the point of wearing fashion is to experiment to try new things to have fun with your creativity just go all out and see where it takes you because if i had not tried new things and went past like all these different boundaries and stuff i don't think i would have really found myself in this style and i feel like with the ease of access now to uh sublimation t-shirts and pieces of clothing like that i feel like decora now has moved away 
from over excess of accessories and more so to over excess of prints. And I feel like prints and patterns is really where Decora is uh, thriving right now. Like, I think that that's the Decora trend at the moment. And like, I, I feel like as long as you have like those overwhelming, like super bright, amazing patterns, like the at this point, the accessories are kind of coming second. Yeah, I think it's just really a mishmash of all these different things, you know, on that note about like bright colors too, it doesn't really have to be just bright colors either. It can be dark colors as well, pastel colors as well. It doesn't have to be bright colors too, but it's definitely uh, what you mentioned about the patterns. I definitely see that being very, yeah, big thing in this style of patterns and mixing accessories and layering. Exactly. It's just all these different things that come into creating a decora look. So that's why I love it so much. There's just so many things that you can experiment and play around with. So yeah, and that's why I think it's a really good style to like mix in with other J fashion styles because it has a looser definition of just like layers, colors, um, lots of accessories. And so I can like put that on to any sort of just like, well, I'm doing a gallery look, but I'm adding so many uh, more accessories than usual. So then that's my decora spin on it or something. So outside of you discovering J fashion, you mentioned uh, before our call that you feel like you have a bit of a different journey than other parents do in J fashion. You told us that the birth of your son got you into J fashion, uh, as opposed to getting into J fashion first, then having your son, and then continuing your journey. And what we what we mean by getting into J fashion is like starting to wear the styles and become a more a part of the community aspect rather than just having this interest. Mm -hmm. So uh, can you tell us more about that journey and how your son inspired you to become an active community member? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I found out about the style in my very early years in elementary school. So uh, I don't I don't think I've told many people this, but uh, I actually, I had Enzo when I was in my junior year of high school. Uh, not something I recommend for many people, but it was definitely just very challenging even outside of all the fashion aspects. You know, we were both so young and it was just a really challenging time. Um, but when I had Enzo, a lot of things kind of opened up in my mind like the process of being pregnant and having a baby when you're so young people kind of look at you like outside people look at you especially since i look i feel like i look quite young and i was i, I looked a lot lot younger when i was uh 18 19 with a baby and i feel like it was during that time that i kind of got used to people like looking at me and kind of judging me and even uh, friends that I had growing up who I thought would st have stayed my friends uh, they ended up not staying my friends because I had Enzo and all these different things that came into play and uh, of course you know becoming a mom that changes a lot of things too it just I just kind of got fed up I was like you know why am I like holding myself back I should just like 
<laughs> no matter what I do, there's always gonna be jerks out there. And so I should just, you know, heck it, just do what I want. And like, I don't wanna live a life in fear of not being able to show who I truly am, especially because I'm going to be kind of setting an example for my son. And I don't want to show him that I'm like holding myself back in any way. So it lit a fire inside of me. And after having Enzo, I slowly started like picking up different pieces and all these different things. Cause I've already, you know, done all that research. I've looked up all these different things over the years, but it's the actively doing it, the actively wearing the clothes and joining the communities and yeah, ever since then it's it's been a it's been a wild ride. <laughs> this past uh what 7 years and so just turned 7 because yeah, it wasn't until I had him. I think like my first piece that was like quote unquote alternative was this dress uh Bambi dress from Hot Topic that I got because it was like really flowy and could fit like my pregnant belly. (laughs) (laughs) And then from then on, it was, yeah, I just tried experimenting with different styles. I was very, very heavy into, it's not really J fashion, but cyber fashion, like vaporwave, uh, yeah, cyberpunk, cyber pop kind of thing. That, that's kind of why my name is Cyber Girl is because (laughs) I was, very into all that but uh now yeah it's it's changed i've tried like lolita i've tried fairy k i've tried visual k and nothing really felt the most me until i wore decora and then i was like wow this is me (laughs) that's amazing that's like a beautiful story it sounds like he gave you a lot of strength and courage yeah Yeah. i mean for everybody i think it takes a lot of time and a lot of uh, courage for them to be who they truly want to be and it it always comes unexpectedly you you don't expect it at all (laughs) i think it also speaks to how important fashion can be in someone's life instead of it being like oh this is just this this little like vapid childish hobby that these people do but it's it's not it can be so much more it can be a tangible cultivation of the courage that you have built up through other life experiences it's very important why we do this exactly exactly yeah you get a lot of comments uh people telling you that oh this is so frivolous it's just clothes like why is it such a big deal but it's more than just a material kind of thing i think for a lot of people it's a very emotional and uh, almost almost spiritual kind of thing with the fashion that they wear because it is like another way for them to be creative and to sometimes some people even use j fashion as a way to kind of like escape their realities uh, that they are dealing with exactly yeah accept themselves too so it's it's so much more than just clothes out of curiosity how old was enzo when you like really cultivated your brand as cyber girl like when you really were like engrossed in decora mm, let's see 
I don't know, like, look back through my Instagram. <laughs> because, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, when did I become? <laughs> yeah, it, it's been a slow burn, like, because I think I've had this account since 2014. And, like, I started, like, all this Instagram and YouTube stuff purely as, like, I didn't start it as, like, thinking that I could make it, like, a career or for followers or whatever, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I started it purely because I wanted to kind of document my uh, like fashion growth and stuff. I wanted to have like a place that I could just document everything, share it with others, and also find other people who are into J fashion or just alternative fashion as well. Because uh, being an 18 year old young mom, there's there weren't, and even in general in the area of Texas that I lived in, there weren't many J fashion people that were out and about in my school or just on the street. So having access to Instagram, to YouTube, to Twitter, and all those these different social media apps have allowed me to find all these amazing friends that I've made in the community. Yeah, to just like learn all these new different things. But yeah, I think it wasn't till uh, 2015, 2016 when I went fully all out with the with the cyber girl thing. And I think it wasn't till 2018 that I was like, hmm, maybe I kind of want to make this like a career, like make this like my life passion you know <laughs> so this has been enzo's formative memories like yeah. he, he's known you as the rainbow lady his yeah, entire yeah, life yeah. exactly i yeah i remember when he was literally uh i think about a year old he was like walking ages uh, when he first started walking still in diapers and stuff and then it was around the time when i got like my first pair of platforms and he would see me walking around in it. And one day I found him. He was like walking in my platform. Oh my gosh. In my, I, what, six inch tall platforms just like waddling around in it. He didn't fall or anything. He was like, <laughs> he was walking in it better than I ever could. <laughs> it was, oh my gosh, it was hilarious. But like there, there was another instance where... I found him, he was like trying to put on like on his face and all over his legs a bunch of stickers. I think it was like a I had this like book of Lisa Frank stickers kind of just laying about and he started pasting it all over himself. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, you look like a Takora kid right now. And uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, just like all these tiny little instances and memories of him like trying on <laughs> my clothes and all these different things so he's i think yeah he's definitely grown up watching me try all these different things and experiment and so that's why you know i think it's so important that us as parents and us as older people uh we try our best to i guess be good role models for the young younger folks I can just imagine Enzo being like uh, a year to three years old and you do the Chinese toy test tradition where you put like three different items in front of him, oh, whichever yeah. item the baby goes to, <laughs> that's like going to be their future. But like you put down a sticker set, like a gothic cross, and then like some uh, something completely different. It's just like, okay, Enzo, 
this is going to determine a lot of things. Right. <laughs> Be carefully. Right. Yeah. What is your fashion destiny? <laughs> so going through this and thinking about how you can be a good role model for your child, one of the toxic ideologies with parents is that they, they must always be mature once they have a kid, including in their fashion. Did you struggle with that ideology at all? And if you did, how did you overcome it? Absolutely. All these toxic ideologies, I think the main issue I had wasn't with myself, but with outside people. And not necessarily like outside, outside, but people in my life, like relatives. Because uh, with Decora, it's definitely a style that can look quite childish, I guess, because I think that's one way that people describe Decora is to be as childlike as possible. Like childlike in like a not good way. Yeah. In other people's head. Like in our head, we're like in the good way. And then they're like, no, in the bad way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I literally got a comment the other day on my Instagram where I was like, oh, you don't look cool. You look like you're three years old or something. And I was like, okay, block, like easy block. I was just like, I'm not gonna, I don't have time to deal with this kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, But certain people who are in my life, they would voice their opinions about like my style and not just my style, but like my career choice, I guess you would say, because they're, they're like, oh, that's not like a normal adult job uh how are you going to make money out of this it's just constantly christina you need to grow up you are 25 like what what are you doing with your life i i think at this point i've just kind of gotten gotten used to it it's like how many years of hearing this but to kind of overcome this because it was people close to me it was definitely a lot of communication that had to happen that was like the most important thing because back then I would just kind of ignore it. I wouldn't say anything about it. I would just say, oh, okay, okay. But now I like actively tell them like, hey, you know, this is my passion. This is my dream. I wear this because it makes me happy. I wear this and I do this. I I want to make this a career. I want to wear J fashion because it's very important to me. And because, you know, I'm, I'm just very passionate about it. And so being able to tell them that and to let them hear it from my own mouth, because I didn't realize back then, you know, I think they were thinking something different because I wouldn't tell them like why I was wearing it. I wasn't very vocal about it. I would just kind of like shut things out, like ignore them, like not say anything about it. But as I've gotten older, I've had to like learn and grow as a person to know that, hey, you know, I need to be vocal about these things. Otherwise, things won't change. And it's going to be a constant like, oh, Christina, you need to grow up. Oh, Christina, you know, this and that. And I need to tell these people like, hey, wearing these things doesn't mean that I'm not growing up. You know, we are we are so much more than the clothes that we wear. And uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, I feel you on that. Like, 
for certain people, like people who are close enough to you to to matter, you want to explain more about your passion and show them what it's all about rather than like just ignoring them. Like, okay, somebody makes a random comment on your thing and you don't know them at all. Like, yeah, delete, block, ignore. But for, you know, family members and friends and things like that, that you have like consistent relationships with them, like it's worth it to explain more about this. I remember like my dad being concerned, thinking that like, do you think this is just like a phase? Like, shouldn't she be like getting less into this (laughs) or something as she's going older? (laughs) You know, like, is it like some sort of stunted maturity of just like, I don't want to be an adult or like escapism, but in like an unhealthy fashion like I'm not emotionally well adjusted or something and it's just like no like also I'm not the only one who's wearing this just explaining the culture the lifestyle my goals and my plans for making this my career and it took time but I think my dad understands and encourages my style and creative choices because he was he he was already an artist too he just didn't dress that way he dresses like oh I dress like a DJ I wear black (laughs) t-shirt black pants and some (laughs) and some some sneakers and some headphones like that's my thing and to him that feels like yes I am in line with the rest of my community and so I tried to just show that like yes I am also in line with the rest of my community (laughs) so yeah so that took a while I I think it's hard to want to explain yourself to people who you care about when their initial reaction is so negative. It's not fun. It it feels like you have to defend yourself as opposed to someone coming to you and be like, hey, I want to know more about this. I want to understand this. When you're approached with that sort of attitude of like, what is this? Like, why are you dressing like that? Why aren't you like like, is there something wrong with you? That sort of energy is felt and it it just shuts down all lines of communication. No one wants to explain themselves when they feel that sort of negativity. And it hurts the most, especially when it's people close to you. You know, you, you're like, you're supposed to support me. You're supposed to encourage me, but why are you acting this way to something that's so important to me? So... It definitely can be very hard. Yeah, like at the most minimum, trust me to make decisions for myself. Like if you've known me for all my life, you know when I'm stable, you know if like something's going wrong. If I, just because I decide to change how I dress doesn't mean I'm like losing my mind. Like you should be able to trust me in my decisions. And and like that goes for all sorts of, alternative people whether it's like people who dress alternatively anyone who deviates from the norm like you know being a mother as we said comes with all sorts of toxic ideologies and coming from the need to mature once someone has a kid there's also the toxic idea of the entirely self-sacrificing mother How have you balanced your hobby with J-Fashion and your career in J-Fashion while taking care of your son? 
And this, I that sounded very much like oh, I was no, trying no. to put you on the spot. No, you're good. I am not. I I know you are like taking care of him well. I just the question sounded very somber, <laughs> so I didn't mean for it to sound that way. No, 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 you're all good. You're all good. I think even outside of J fashion and stuff, I think just. Being somebody who can balance everything in their life, especially something as important as your own child, <laughs> it's something very hard to learn. I think for me, we kind of just have to like figure out our, our priorities in life. And for me, number one always, Enzo, all the time. But sometimes, uh, because I am so you know passionate about Decora and with you know, my work and my brand and all these different things that sometimes it can be easy to kind of just spiral and forget certain things. So it's important for me to have like constant reminders for myself of my priorities. It's always Enzo, my family, my friends, and then from there on, you know, my, my passions and stuff, because I think those are the most important things in life. I mean, to me personally, I know for some people it might be different. I found over the years that, you know, those are the things that truly kind of matter in the end. And just constantly reminding myself of my priorities. I have this note in my notes app on my phone <laughs> that I look at and whenever I feel like I'm in a rut or if I'm not having the greatest time, I remember those things. I'm like, hey, why, why am I feeling down about this? Why am I feeling down about this comment? Or why am I feeling down about all that? I just remember that, you know, I have Enzo, I have my family, I have my friends, that those are the most important things. And the point about like balancing everything, uh, it's it's hard. There's not really, and I feel like I don't really have a solution to it yet. I think that's why it's hard for me to come up with an answer. It's because it's just a... It's a skill. Yeah, it is definitely a skill that takes a lot of time to master. And it will change throughout the different stages of your life too what that balance will be yeah the different stages of our own lives and for you know our kids as well because they're growing and going through different stages as well so it's hard <laughs> to balance everything um, but thankfully i've been very very lucky and blessed to have like the support of my family with enzo because if they had not been around to help me since I was 18 or I mean since I was born but you know since I was 18 with Enzo I don't think I would be where I'm at now so I'm just very thankful for them and for kind of understanding about everything like right now I'm actually um in my younger sister's room because my my partner my husband he's sleeping because he works at night and Enzo he is like downstairs eating pancakes with my mom and sister so because <laughs> before this it would just be me my husband and Enzo living in our small apartment and you know at night Edgar would go to work so I would have to like take care of everything like 
all the housework, Enzo, all my work with like Candy Trap and all these other different things that I'm trying to do. So uh, <laughs> it was definitely very stressful, but thankfully I am in a much like better place now where I can kind of like, you know, take a little time to just not feel so overstimulated all the time because I have the help that I have. You know, it, I feel like yeah, it's definitely a privilege that I have because not as many people are able to do that. So yeah. I feel like up until this point, you know, my maturity as a 29 year old, um, <laughs> come to realize that like these sorts of balances are, it's, it's hard to define because some people define it as these like separate balances, making sure you have time for every single aspect and, and finding ways to put in your passion and the things that are a part of your life and put in your things that are a part of your life into your passion as well. And then that's gonna just look different for everybody um, or there's seasons of your life where you where you put certain priorities at the top, you know? If somebody's like, okay, maybe you need a lot of support or brings up like, okay, I'm going to prioritize supporting um, my niece a little bit more um, and deprioritizing a little bit this this hobby or something of mine and then that happens for a few months and then that season of life is over and then you can reprioritize again so there's i don't think there's just like this one way of thinking about and defining this work life family balance but make just being in tune with yourself and feeling like what do i need right now i feel rejuvenized after um, spending more time with my family, I need that to be at least at like 20% <laughs> or 40%, you know, more in my life than these other two things, you know. And I also think with the idea of like entirely self-sacrificing yourself to your family without like having any sort of time for yourself, it can end up hurting the parents more, end up hurting the other family members more. If there's no time or space for someone to have a couple hours to themselves or to do what they need to do, like it, it doesn't help anyone. And I also think that as children get older, you know, I, I'm sure that most parents would say that, like, things were definitely harder for uh, when caring for a newborn just because the lack of sleep, the constant watchfulness. It's harder than taking care of a younger child or a teenager, you know, as they get older, you can trust them a little more. You can have some more wiggle room with your own stuff. Like, well, I can't say firsthand, but I would imagine. Exactly, yeah. Like, those newborn years, dang, that was hard. Like, yeah, I, exactly. Uh, I mean, I had to take care of Enzo as a newborn while I was completing my last year of high school. My freshman, sophomore, junior year of school, I did that all, like, in person at, like, you know, just a regular schmegular high school. But because I had Enzo, I made the decision to do online school instead for my last year of high school so that I could have more time to take care of him. And I literally applaud like all the single moms, single parents, all these young people who have kids and still like 
actively like go to a physical school and go to work because it is not easy at all especially those first couple of years those formative years because babies do not have a set schedule they are not on a nine to five schedule it's not a regular thing it's always different all the time especially when you need your body to feed them Mm, exactly yeah the whole breastfeeding thing oh <laughs> yeah yeah like they need to be fed so yeah. often and even just having to physically hand feed a child it's like oh man can't you just hold this thing yourself jeez <laughs> yeah exactly like you gotta hold you have them. your own hands why right. do you need me <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, just those first couple of years were definitely a lot harder. And um, I think if I had been like fully in J fashion at that point while he was uh, a newborn, it definitely would have been like really tough, especially with all the messes that newborns make, all the poop and the the puke and the pee and everything all the the three p's it's just yeah i don't think i would have survived that so that is so awesome that you were able to um gain that insight and stuff from those experiences so at at this point enzo is seven I believe I remember you saying. Yeah, he just turned seven in December. And so has your son taken any interest in your fashion? And how do you include him in what you love at at this point? I think for Enzo, he definitely has some kind of interest. I don't think I would say it's like, you know, my style exactly. Like he's not going all out decor every day but I think with (laughs) experimenting with my own style he enjoys experimenting with his own style as well as he's gotten older I've kind of let him make the decision to like dress himself and wear what he wants to because you know he's his own person and he comes up with all these really interesting choices of outfits put together he will wear pajama pants with like a with a suit and a tie and a fedora and it's very it's very interesting to see but he i think through seeing me experiment with my own style he has started experimenting with his own style and i think it's it's just really awesome to see because uh yeah that's kind of the the point with like what i do is i want to inspire and encourage other people and the fact that i'm able to encourage my own child like that's that's freaking awesome so his style choice i think you know it's gonna take some time for him to kind of develop it but yeah <laughs> but so far he's he's doing a, a, a great job I, I love his um pajama pants and suit decisions <laughs> i remember being in kindergarten and my mom would wake me up and if I woke up earlier than I wanted to wake up, I would just kind of be dead weight. (laughs) My mom would have to stand me up and like pick up my legs and put my legs in my pants. And even when I was in kindergarten, I was very much a little diva and (laughs) very much into my own fashion. (laughs) 
where if my mom tried to put me in overalls, I would, like, jolt awake and I would scream. I would go, no, I don't want to wear them. I was a pain, I will admit, and I wouldn't stop like freaking out until my mom like grabs something else and usually it'd be like stars and stripes and polka dots and just like mishmash of the wildest things and then I would be dead weight again she would have to like hold me up and like put my arms in physically I'd just be done oh my gosh (laughs) I guess Myra's memory of like there was this like kind of fuzzy sweater, pink, magenta, loud pink, fuzzy sweater from The Gap that my mom was like, yes, picture day, you're wearing this. And (laughs) I, for some reason, was just like, no, I hate this. This was the first time me seeing this thing. And I'm just like, why is it covered in like, like a curly fur type thing like this isn't a shirt like this isn't right yeah and I was like so upset I was like I don't want to wear this to picture (laughs) day and my mom's like no you look good like you don't even know right now (laughs) and so then I remember (laughs) being dropped off at school and then like walking up the stairs and like having like dried tears on my face being like I don't look terrible and then like one of the school staff or something was just like, oh, you look cute, you look nice. And I'm just like, I do. And it was like, <laughs> yay. And then like, they came out very cute pictures. And my mom was just like, see, I told you you looked cute. You didn't want to believe me. Yeah, I was like very much into like things I was wearing. I remember being like, I'm never wearing skirts again (laughs) i only like pants because you can run around in pants and you don't have to close your legs in pants so pants is (laughs) the best thing and my mom would just just accept things that i would say she was just like yeah mm -hmm, that's that's an interesting philosophy there good job (laughs) so yeah i think it's awesome that you are being open and listening to Enzo's own like choices and things like that because that's going to help him have his own voice and choose his things whether it's like fashion or or not like my mom has definitely helped me figure out how to look in stores and not be overwhelmed by the amount of choices and things and just like like really having me I guess involved in her um it just felt like integrated. It wasn't like she was telling me what to wear. It was like, oh, what do you think about it? This one or this one? And so that's, I think that's awesome. I think as parents, you know, it's important to kind of, uh, I guess, like find that balance between like kind of guiding your child and uh, showing them like right from wrong, because there are certain instances where, you know, you know, yeah, you have to tell them like, hey, like, don't do this. This is not a good thing. And other times where it's like, yeah, like, go, go all out, uh, have fun, experiment and stuff. So sometimes you got to force them into that magenta sweater. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this looks too good not to force you. (laughs) 
you talked before about having, um, you know, new community with your parents and other family members and friends being able to uh, help you along the way um, to raise your son. Because uh, it does take a village to raise a child, everyone. Like, it's all hands on deck at that point. Um, how has the J fashion community helped support you and your son in both of your journeys? Uh, so far, you know, all the people that I have met in my J fashion journey and in the community have all been extremely supportive of me and Enzo at first when I, you know, was first starting to get into the community. I was very shy to let people know that I was a mom because I kind of didn't uh, I have this thing where I just I don't want to be a burden on any of the and on other people and so I was just scared that if I said that I was a mom they would be like kids are uh, smelly and stinky and they're they're little butts but uh, thankfully people have been very understanding and I think like certain instances of when Enzo would kind of like butt into the conversation like let's say we're at a con and I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, like, uh, about Enzo. But everybody has been so kind and they're like, oh no, you're all good. He, he's just a kid. So that's kind of just how it is. But yeah, everybody has just been really, really nice about it, thankfully. That's so cute. My godson sometimes, he, when I'm talking to my best friend in Jersey City, we'll be talking about something and I guess he can like, overhear it or maybe I'm on speakerphone or something and he'll start like kind of saying some nonsense with it too he'll be like ah ha, ha, when we're laughing and then like oh yes the cat it does this and then we're just like yeah it does these are some great <laughs> observations and everything and I just feel like honored that he wants to be a part of the conversation that it seems interesting and he wants to talk with me and and his mom. <laughs> so. And I think we all have those moments where whether it's your own child or it's like a cousin or a family member or even just yourself looking back on your past, you think to yourself, why why did you say that? <laughs> what is in your head? You just want to like grab them by the head and be like, what is in your mind right now? What, what is your process? Why did you say those words? Like, I remember for me, I had no filter at all. And I remember like going to, we were like shopping for mattresses or something. And I had to test every single one because that was like my favorite thing to do. And I must've been like, seven six or seven and like for some reason when I left like I thought it would it was fine to say next time I'll shower and like, like I just hadn't showered that day like it was an off day and my mom like grabbed me by the wrist she was like what, what are we thinking like now they're gonna think you're dirty and I was like I don't know I just thought it was fine to say I honestly think that like yeah the embarrassment from like being the person that is like responsible for the child it's like oh my god you're you just want to go like child why why did you do this the embarrassment right. is real but I think like we as humans as like 
people have come to realize that like kids are kids. They're they're silly. They're they do wild wacky things. And you just there's <laughs> kids we can only the do so much. Things. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so what ideals have you learned from being in the alternative fashion community? Like which of those ideals do you hope your son will carry with him as he grows up? Kind of like what I mentioned earlier with why I wanted to, or wait, why? Or <laughs> with how I actually started wearing J Fashion, like actively the kind of ideals of being truly yourself and not being afraid of what other people might think. I think all of us in the community, we have to kind of deal with that kind of issue of because you know most of us we will wear j fashion out and about in the wild we'll show it to our friends our family we'll post it online and there's that risk of receiving criticism and that kind of risk of being let's say shunned or being told that you know you look weird or whatever negative connotation somebody might think when they see you. So through wearing J Fashion as Enzo grows up, I want him to learn that it's totally okay. You don't have to worry what other people think. All that you have to worry about is what you think because it's your style. It's your body. Don't let anybody else dictate what you should or you shouldn't wear. I'm really hopeful for this next generation of children just because I think millennials and Gen Zers, we've all had that type of criticism at one point or another, or most of us had. And I think that that acceptance is really going to resonate in the next generation. At least I hope it does. Of course, there will always be a few bad apples that are stuck in their ways or stuck in the ways of tradition. But I think that with, you know, the prevalence of queer culture, of alternative cultures, of cultures other than our own, you know, just the the vast accessibility to learning about other people, about other things, hobbies, I, I hope that it'll give a really deep appreciation to the next generation. And I feel like it's parents like you, Christina, that will really help foster that. And I look forward to the day that Enzo comes home and like, now this is just me like, wish, <laughs> I guess, projecting a little bit of like what I wish someone did for me. But I, I hope that maybe someday he comes home and is like, yeah, someone was being mean to someone else and I stood up for them. And just, oh, I, I want that to happen because I didn't get that. Exactly. And that's another reason why I want to kind of raise Enzo like this is because I, I wasn't really raised like this. I was kind of raised like, oh, you have to do this. Yeah, you follow everything by the book. And so through me being a parent, I wanted to do something different and give Enzo what I wasn't able to receive, if that makes sense. I think that is starting to become a thing with a lot of like millennial parents, I guess, because 
if you see on TikTok, they, there are a lot of like millennial parents like sharing their own stories and stuff. And I remember seeing one where they were having this like talk with their child, like kind of talking about their feelings and why they are feeling certain emotions. And I think that's so different from how things used to be back then, because back then I was like, oh, just ignore your emotions, like you'll get over it. But now younger parents are starting to realize and know that, hey, you know, you need to talk about these things. You can't just ignore them or it'll lead to emotional trauma. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, important to, uh, you know, talk to your kids about these kind of things. And even if they're really young, too, so that they are able to grow up with all these positive ways of dealing with their issues instead of just ignoring things or being forced to do certain things. So I know some people are very like, no, TikTok bad, but I enjoy seeing like all these different, all these like how new parents are dealing with things and also how like the younger, I would say like Gen Z or was it Gen Alpha or I don't know what the next one is after Z uh, <laughs> but they have been like so creative with uh, like their style and um, I feel like seen a lot more people being interested in alternative fashion and in the alternative community in general so it's very cool to see how things have kind of changed. Yes, it's Generation Alpha. Mm. Uh, they are the ones born from 2011 until 2025. We're just getting older and older. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm just thinking like, okay, all right, I'm not, we're not, I'm, I'm a millennial, but we're still like in the spotlight. You know, they got Gen Z, they're coming up. And then I'm like, Gen Alpha? Like now I gotta worry about Gen Alpha? Gosh. Oh my God. <laughs> There's another one? Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a, a really good spot to end our interview into J fashion, parenthood, childhood, growing up. You know, this has been a great conversation and insight into that. Um, where can listeners find your content? Like, give all the links, all the plugs. So, you can find more Cyber Girl stuff at CYBRGRL dot c-a-r-r-d dot c-o so that is my card with all my links so it has links to my candy trap uh, my candy trap <laughs> my brand <laughs> candy trap which has you know its own link there has a link to my youtube my instagram my Twitch where I stream, my Discord if you want to get more personal, my VTuber Twitter if you didn't know, I'm getting into VTubing. Um, I also don't know my what that is. <laughs> so, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> I don't know if uh, it's kind of a long thing to get into. Would you like me to get into that? That could be our next interview with Christina. <laughs> I mean, if you're down, I'm down. I don't mind talking about VTubing for a whole episode because that's a whole different thing. <laughs> I didn't even know it was going to be a long thing either. I thought it was just like, oh, VTube is like another YouTube except for vlogging. And it's just like, oh, okay. It's a thing. There's a long thing <laughs> no, for this. It's, oh, God. It's a... Uh, 
there yeah there's a whole oh, yeah. new community coming up um <laughs> with that but yeah. that yeah that can be another thing but then there is uh <laughs> also my twitter my tiktok my facebook my depop and all that stuff so cybergirl.card.co is where you can find all that fun stuff yeah wonderful thank you so much christina again for joining us if you are interested in hearing more from Christina and myself and Kamila, head on over to our Patreon, become a $3 a month patron. We are going to be discussing Christina's VTubing career. Yeah, and how it relates, it can relate to J fashion, so cool. <laughs> VTubing, uh, what is that? It's a new thing for Kamila, so Kamila's going to get the whole rundown. And with that, this has been OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. And? My name, oh, oh. <laughs> My name is Cybergirl. We will see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.